Welcome back to the Nullified Take, where we've got the TNT takes for you on Australian Survivor, Blood versus Water, Episode 8. Firstly, I would just like to thank everybody that left a comment on the previous video, and also for all the likes, I really appreciate it. Um, with the likes, it helps this channel grow um, immensely, so please be sure to like this video again and leave a comment and let me know what you think of my top five takeaways for episode eight. I've just finished the episode um, and what a good one. Quite a few storylines that were created here in the early part of the season has finished at the end of this episode. So I'm really interested to see where the show is going to go now that we've had one of the big players leave after another big player, especially if you look at the edit that this player got previously in the uh, season. Listen, if you haven't watched episode eight, um, please get out of here now because there will be spoilers for episode eight um, starting as of now. So my first really big talking point for this episode was how did Nina react to having to vote out her mother? Um, it was always going to be interesting to see how she bounced back after that. She's been a very big part of the show and obviously being the daughter of royalty playing this game, she was always going to get a big edit. She, there's probably still going to be a very big focus on her um, even now that her mother is gone because people will want to see how she's going to react and how she's going to play the game does she have some of that skill set um, that her mother has taught her over the years and did she learn something observing her mother play the game Overall, I've got to say Nina dealt with this situation very well. Um, they never explained in this episode if she was at any point told that the vote was going to go for her mother. Um, the edit made us believe in the previous episode that she had no clue and that she picked up on the cues in tribal council. And because of that, she ended up voting her mother out to build loyalty with those people that she's played the game with so far because there's only so much you can do. Um, you need loyalty from the people people that you've played with so she's hoping that this is going to help her out long term you do see quite a bit here uh, her relationship with Jordy um, she catches the fish and you know he gets her to kiss the kiss the fish which is a funny scene um, in the episode and it shows that they've got a playful relationship which they've now shown us in two episodes in a row um, one of the things that I am slightly worried about is that Early in the season, I thought that she had a very good relationship with Mark. Mark, for me, still seems to be the nucleus um, when it comes to the boys' alliance on that tribe, even though Jordy in the edit is starting to step up, and we will talk about Jordy pretty soon. Um, I, I do still think that Mark, again, he's that silence, silent leader. I know there's a few people here that listen to the video that don't agree that Mark is playing such a great game, but I do think he is playing a really good game because um, he doesn't even have to say anything. People want to play with the, him. People want to work with him um, and that is very very powerful in this game but overall I felt that Nina did a really good job here this episode she didn't make a big um, fuss about the fact that her mother is out of the game the one thing that I will have to give her a little bit of criticism on was when they were at the reward and JLP asked her or the immunity challenge I should say and JLP asked her you know, how did it feel to have to lose your mother in the game? And she said, listen, this is an individual game. My mom's out of the game, but, you know, I was always going to play my own game and that, you know, a decision needed to be made for me to show my loyalty and where I was going to vote. I think most people probably would be okay with her saying that, but it also shows a kind of ruthlessness to her game and that if she can vote out her mother, 
will she vote me out? I mean, I'm not blood, you know, I, I, I'm not her dad. I'm not her brother. Um, I would definitely, as a player out there, think that, man, like she is cutthroat. And I think that that type of mentality in America is very much a, a mentality. And again, I'm saying this is a non-American, um, but I think it's a mentality that Americans have. Um, a big capitalism country, obviously. Um, you've got to you know, fight your way to get to the top at any means necessary. But how is that going to translate to the Aussie culture and playing this game? Um, I think there are some differences and it would be very interesting to hear Nina's thoughts and Sandra's thoughts at the end of the season in regards to some of those cultural differences playing the game. Sandra probably more so because she's played this game um, in America quite a few times. But overall, Nina gets pretty good marks from me for this episode. And I thought that she, you know, definitely did well um, and, and sort of going back and sort of being in the shadows, not making too big of a target of herself here in the early stages. And I mean, it's evident that when they need to vote someone out or talk about who potentially the vote's going to be, Nina's name is not the one that's coming up at the moment. So um, I think that she's probably in a pretty good space at this stage. Now, the second talking point here that I want to talk about is Geordie. Um, I have seen online some people have been coming for Geordie, similar to what happened last season when Emmett became a big player and was quite out there. And a lot of people don't like the fact that he's stepping up, saying he's the leader. He's going to run this alpha male type of alliance in the game. Um, obviously, we do celebrate this when there is is a female alliance coming together and they run the game, but um, not everybody is too happy about a male potential dominant uh, alliance that could run this game. I, I personally don't have a problem with it. Like, listen, if there's a female alliance, guys alliance, I don't care. Just give me good strategy um, and I will follow that. Um, with Geordie's edit, though, I am a little bit skeptical as to where he is going to go in this game. We saw absolutely almost nothing from him in the early stages of this game. Uh, he is seen as a bit of a joker as he calls himself here in this episode. And um, he's a bit of the life of the party and um, jokes around with everybody, has a great killer social game, and he feels like he's built this great resume right now because he's taken out Sandra, the queen of Survivor, the two times champion. Um, and this is going to give him something at the end that he can stake his claim to. I would argue if I was a jury member and I heard him say that, hey, I've got this massive move on my resume, I took out Sandra, I would say, listen, who did you have to convince? There'd probably be crickets because everybody wanted to get rid of Sandra at some stage. I mean, she is the queen of Survivor. She's won it twice. She was never going to go all the way um, and win this season. I don't think she'll ever win a third time. I hope she proves me wrong and go place Survivor South Africa, maybe in a season that I play as well. That'd be cool. But, you know, I, I would say that, you know, if she does get to the, uh, I mean, if he does get to the end, he doesn't have much of a case to make. He's going to have to do a lot more than get rid of an obvious target. And Sandra, who didn't really have any um, social capital or control this season, you know, I don't think she was going to um, ride an opposing alliance and take him out. In fact, she wanted to work with her daughter and the people that her daughter was close to. So, I don't see it as, as big of a move. Um, and I think that we're seeing more and more of Geordie currently because the show is currently having to set us up and show us more characters in the show because it is an edited show that is going to become relevant in the next couple of episodes. And I think we might be seeing the rise of Geordie um, and then that could be followed by the fall. And I don't know if the fall is going to be pre-merge or if it's going to be after the merge, but I do think that at some stage Geordie's going to get too big for his bridges. Um, people are going to pick up on it and he is going to get taken out because he wants to be seen as this leader, strategist, big player, which by the way, 
I'm okay with players doing that. I'm okay with players hamming it up for the camera. I, I mean, how boring would it be if every single person played a passive game and didn't talk themselves up? You know, so for me, I'm enjoying him from an entertainment standpoint, but I still don't think he's going to go all the way and run this thing and win it. Who knows? Might be a late contender. Maybe he's the first winner ever and correct me in the chat if that's happened before, but I don't think it has, that has only really started getting an edit at episode eight. Like, I feel like we would have known a lot more about him by now if he was going to be the winner. Number three um, was a big one. It's the battle between Sam and Sophie. That's been brewing and building now for quite a while, and we saw that come back up here in this episode. Obviously, the you know Sam and Sophie, there, there's some hurt feelings there because Sam betrayed Sophie, and yes, she did betray Sophie. Um, I did find it quite interesting that in the tribal council, when uh, Sophie was saying that she's never lied to anyone, I think she can really truthfully say that. She did have Sam's back. She did want to work with Sam. Sam got persuaded to go with a different direction, like we previously discussed on the podcast and also on um, the updates that we do. Uh, she decided to go um, with the other four and vote uh, her out and blindside her. She did blindside her. And like Sam said, you know, normally when you kick somebody out of the house um, and you evict them, you don't have to deal with them later on. Um, but Sophie found her way back, obviously because of this twist in the game. And now Sam's got to deal with that on the actual tribe and you know it was always going to be uh sam and sophie going at each other so for sam to you know correctly read here and say i need to take sophie out i need to push this agenda and play a very aggressive game i was a little bit fearful for her that people are going to pick up that she does have the ability to gather votes and she does have the ability to persuade people to um, vote her way. And it could be seen as a threat because she has played this game before. And even though it's not been uh, a game that took her all the way and even to the merge that season, any experience that you have on anybody else is still valuable. Like we saw this episode, you know, Sam and Mark both giving advice at the reward challenge, which we'll talk a little bit about as well. So, Overall, I think, you know, Sam getting it over Sophie here, right move for her to take her out. I do think Sophie has got all the rights to have some hurt feelings in the game. I really like Sophie as a person. Um, I think that probably outside of this game, she's a go-getter, someone that gets ahead in life. I know there's going to be a lot of people probably not happy with me saying that because people get really emotionally invested in this game, and she definitely got over-emotionally invested in this game. Um, I don't think the way that she played the game was that great, and I think that being a trustworthy, um, truthful person, I, I think that you leave that stuff at home. You know, like when you play a game such as Survivor, you do what is necessary to get to the end. Like Sandra always used to say, anybody but me you know i'm happy with anybody else going home and i think that sophie tried to bring that morality that a lot of people struggle with when they play a game such as survivor she tried to bring that into um australian survivor brands uh, not brains is abroad but uh, blood versus water um she brought that into this game and um obviously sam did get caught out because i think she did do a little bit dirty and she probably um had this great relationship it was interesting to see that ben it looked like stayed really with her for quite a while. And we didn't really get to see any of the conversation between Ben and Croc um, discussing which way they should go. Croc seemed pretty convinced when Sam spoke about uh, they need to get rid of Sophie, that yes, that is the right thing to do. We need to get rid of Sophie, um, which for me is interesting. I would have un liked to understand where Croc's mentality shifted from working with Sophie to voting against her and not have her as a number in the game because there's a lot I feel like we didn't get to see from other players perspective we really just saw um, Sam and KJ's perspective quite a bit 
but I'd like to see a lot more than that. Um, number four for me here was the uh, two different strategies that were used in the challenge. Uh, I did like the challenge here. Uh, it's where you hold your arms up with palms facing the opposing player with a disc in between. Um, it is a team effort it is endurance it's the kind of things we like to see an australian survivor who wants it more um and this was a really really good challenge to watch and again it was sort of dictated by mark stepping up having a strategy in place which meant that all of the guys were in the center of this challenge and the ladies were on the outside and sam had a little bit of a word with her team saying she's done it before um, and what they need to do is make sure that people are at the same height and that the people that are weaker are in the outsides and then you've got the stronger players in the inside so um massive hats off to uh kj and chrissy chrissy by the way again great episode um i wish i could sneak her into my top five somewhere as well still probably my favorite character uh this season got uh, a lot of heat from JLP early on in this challenge with JLP saying that, you know, she's struggling already and it's only like a minute into the challenge. Um, and she calls him out on it. She calls him Jonathan on his full name. Like, you know, if you were ever at school and um, your teacher called you on your full name, a lot of people used to think I'm Christopher. I'm not, I'm Chris. I've had my English teacher call me Christopher before. And that's normally how I would know I'm in trouble. So I kind of felt like she was telling Jonathan or JLP, you're in trouble, buddy. I'm going to go deep. And she proved them wrong. She went very deep in this challenge. She held out with KJ for as long as she could, but ultimately they couldn't beat Mark um, and Jordan and also on the other side, Dave and Jordy. Um, Mark and Jordan, I mean, Mark again winning one of these challenges. And obviously I actually forgot about it, but JLP bringing it up that the last time they did this challenge in season two, Mark and the Zen Hen Henry, they were the two that actually won this challenge uh, back then. So it was really cool for Mark to be able to step up and again win in a challenge that he is really good at. Um, so they ultimately get the immunity here, this specific episode, which is going to send um, the water tribe to tribal council. And Sam lets Mark know at the um, challenge at the end, she says, listen, Sophie is coming for me. And Mark says, you need to handle that. You need to get rid of her immediately. And that was my biggest fear. Like, could Sam outlast um, Sophie here because she is in a position where she is potentially um, up for grabs. And, and I think that uh, I correctly read that because she even was really nervous at this vote. Lastly, um, trying to keep it in this short format. And, and if you want me to talk about a lot of other things that have happened in the episode and you want to check more of my thoughts out, we will have a podcast at the end of the week. Um, my fifth takeaway for this week is KJ's big decision to vote out her sister. Um, and for me, to be honest, I love blood versus water as a theme. I think I've said it a few times on the podcast. Uh, I think it's a great theme to watch. It plays out really, really well. But it's probably the last theme that I would want to play if I had a choice in what Survivor season I would want to play. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a big fan and you get the opportunity to play it, you'll probably take most opportunities. But I, I actually think I would have to think twice about a blood versus water season for the exact reason um, that you know we saw play out in front of us with KJ and Sophie. They're two very different people. People that want to approach the game in a very different way. Like I said, Sophie is a bull in a china shop. She is, I think, probably a very strong woman in life and successful and achieves a lot with the kind of attitude that she has about let's just get it done. We need to move this objective. We need to hit that KPI. I think she's that kind of person that gets things done. And I think that her mentality and who she is in life probably drives her to a lot of success in life. 
the problem with survivor is that you need to take people on a journey with you and they need to feel like they're a part of the conversation and obviously her back was up against the wall i mean what do you expect for her just to roll over and die no she's going to take jabs at sam she's going to try everything she can to throw some sort of a target on khan to potentially flush that idol and kj does help her to a certain degree to to try and do that but kj also realizes that listen sophie is tanking my game like she is um potentially there's going to be votes on me they're splitting a vote between myself and my sister and at the end of the day if she does you know get an idol or she fakes like she's got an idol to me so obvious this episode that she didn't find the idol because they always show the player an australian survivor with the idol around their neck talking about the fact that they got it um for me it was very predictable i don't know were you guys fooled let me know in the comments i was not fooled by this whatsoever um when she faked it out to go to the bag of the tribal council i was like she's out she she doesn't have anything um but KJ ultimately becomes the second person here this season that writes her, her um, loved one's name down. And um, I wasn't expecting to see it so quickly in succession. And I thought KJ might stand by her, but I understand why KJ did it. Um, she is in a vulnerable position now because she doesn't have that partner in the game anymore. But I'm hoping that very soon we'll see more of these pairs break up to the point where it won't be such a big target on your back if you don't have a loved one um, in the game. Because like Sam your social capital becomes less there's no extra leverage no package deal that comes with you um I, I think that there is a lot of value that someone can add that has no one else in the game so um i i, I take my hat off to kj and like i said for me i could see how much she struggled with it emotionally um to be able to do that me and my brother or um my sister uh you know like we're, we're very different people as well like uh, i can i think my sister would do really well she probably would beat me in survivor even she's she would be a really good social player my brother i think i would be a little bit more laid back my brother would be like sophie um i'm not as laid back as kj that's for sure but um we've got different personalities and and if somebody came for one of my siblings in the game I can't think of a way where I could be cool with voting them out. Like, I mean, I love this game. I've watched it for many years, like since season one of the US Survivor. Um, I'm a big fan, but I actually think that's probably like I would do anything in the game, but write down my sibling's name. I think I would struggle with that. And I'm not saying that both Nina and KJ is wrong for doing that. It's just me personally. Like, I mean, I understand where they're coming from. It's just I would struggle for with voting against family. And I think that if people came for them, um they would be coming for me and it would be very difficult for me to just sit back and see it happen like i don't even care for half a million dollars is at stake so um and that's just me personally so i'm wondering what did you guys think of this episode um who what was the biggest talking points for you from this episode and don't worry if i don't get to talk about everything i know there's a lot that happened this episode i will try and address as much as i can of everything that happened both of episode seven and eight and then also nine by the end of the week um if you guys like like this content please like i said hit a hit a like subscribe comment on it all of these things help with growing this channel i want to continue to grow it i want to continue to bring hopefully in the future great guests um, and interview them from maybe even this season previous seasons of australian survivor and so forth and i can only do it if you guys are happy to support the channel so if you're checking it out and you're not subscribed please consider following it um, as i'm building this community it doesn't cost a thing and i don't want to charge for it so the only charge is to um, maybe subscribe share uh, and i would much appreciate 
appreciate that. I'll catch you next time when I break down the top five talking points for episode nine of Australian Survivor Brains vs. Uh, Brains. <laughs> Blood versus water. I'll get it right by the end of the season, I promise. Talk to you guys later.